Hello and welcome to another episode of The Partial Historians. I am Dr. Radness. Hello, Dr. Radness. I am Dr. Greenfield. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Really? Would you care to join me on a journey through the history of Rome from the founding of the city until such a time as we call it fit? <laughs> well... Uh, yes, yes I would. <laughs> From the founding of the city, um, this is a process we've been on for a little way now. We're, we're really quite early in the project. We really are, yes, yes. So at the moment it's just from the founding of the city, I think it's safe to say. And if I might, before we get started this week, I'd like mm. to dedicate this episode. A dedication, I would, say. I oh, would. Goodness. Oh, first. this is special. Yes. Hold up, listeners. Yes. Maybe it's you. Not to anyone terribly specific, but perhaps I might be dedicating it to... People of the male persuasion who might live somewhere on the North Shore and maybe of teenage years. I'm not going to say any more than that. Hello. <laughs> Where does one... Uh, I want... I, uh, I have so many questions. Yeah. Let's just, Hello, let's teenage just leave it this male yeah. viewers, <laughs> listeners, peoples. Yes, this episode is dedicated to you. And this episode, Dr. G, focuses on... Another king of Rome. What? I know. Might surprise you to learn this, but we are still in the regal period. <laughs> what? To be precise, 616 BC. Yes. The, the previous episode, we ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. We did. I, yeah. Ancus Marcus is not dead as yet, as far as we're concerned. Not, not according to where we finished the last episode. No, no. But you'll be surprised to learn, dear <laughs> listeners, that pretty much he's now dead. Yes. The imminent death of this eminent person. Yeah, so the narrative where we were up to uh, was that Ancus Marcius has sort of become friends with this upstart young yeah. import into Rome. Tisk, <laughs> guy named who's called him, styled himself Tarquinius. Etruscan trash. That's what yeah. it is. Etruscan yeah. trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you can, you can play a good game. You're charismatic. And he had he had been playing quite a good game mm. during Ancus's reign. <laughs> he had sort of uh, become quite friendly with the king, putting himself in quite a good position. Yeah, to the point where uh, he's become the guardian of Ancus's children in Ancus's will. Absolutely. And uh, so upon Ancus's death, and he reigned for about 24 years, actually I believe the shortest reign of all our How Roman kings, according to, the <laughs> <laughs> according to our most reliable just sources. A, you know, yeah. just a, a quick... Uh, snap of the 24 years, you know. <laughs> Why, that's how old I am. No time at all. <laughs> so you say. Yeah. So you say. Yeah, you just reverse those numbers. Anywho, <laughs> um, yes. So basically, Ancus dies, much revered. His sons were of an age that technically well, they might have been thinking power. They yes, may have. Yes, yes. Um, they weren't that young. No. Uh, once Ancus died, they, they possibly were contenders, but they were in the guardianship of Tarquinius. Yes, and Tarquinius, as we've seen, is quite the operator. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so basically, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, um, Tarquinius decides that since the sons are almost of an age where they might be coming a threat perhaps to his might ambitions. be becoming a little bit ambitious themselves yes, exactly. he decides that what they need to do is go off on a hunting trip yes because he's going to call a meeting <laughs> you guys you love hunting and they're like oh yeah oh yeah love we hunting. love hunting love let's hunting. go hunting yes yeah. exactly. so you guys go hunting yes and while they're away the mice will play <laughs> Uh, Tarquinius quickly uh, calls a meeting of the Comitia. Yes. And Get says, together, guys. We need to choose a new king. Yes, exactly. And apparently he is the first to sort of basically 
campaign. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the first, according to Livy. Yeah, this is the first guy who actually campaigns for the kingship. And why would we ever doubt anything Livy says? Well, yes. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's, that's, that's a story for another day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. He basically delivers this speech where he's trying to win people over. Yeah, because it's yeah. pretty clear that there's like this nice sort of dynastic line. Yeah, all set up and ready to all go. Right. It's, it's all there, guys. You yeah. know, just make those boys choose one of them, make them king. Yeah. Um, although, ostensibly, this is not how kingship has worked. No. In, Where's in the Rome from interregnum, the goddammit? Where is the interregnum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but Tarquinius, you know, he, he makes some really good points. He gets up, makes a really nice speech, and he's like, Rome has a tradition of foreign kings. So point one, it's like, this is not a dynastic thing, guys, so don't even worry about it's it. It's not even a Roman thing. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Have you <laughs> thought about people like Tatius? Have you thought about people like Numa? And he's like, he also says things like, I've lived in Rome for so long. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like, I've pra- like, I've built my whole life here, guys. Yeah. It's like, check out the that, dedication. I totally like learnt from the best. You all love Ancus. I love Ancus. In <laughs> fact, Ancus taught me everything I know. Yeah. And this is amazing. He's like, look, I've learned from the best. I yeah. learned from the king. Everything I know about Roman law, everything I know about like rights to do with religious process. He's yeah. like... Come on, you've, yeah. got to, you've got to give me some mad respect. You want right a connection now. with the previous king? Look no further. <laughs> we were practically brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a lot going in my favour. Yes, uh, and the people say, "Sure, you're we can totally get on that band right." Band. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Lo- like what you hear, like what you're saying. I yes. hear it. Um, but things, this is not as smooth sailing as it might initially appear. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the price is there. <laughs> first, the first thing that Tarquinius does, he's like, "Okay, I'm king." He, he adds a hundred new members to the Senate. Ah, now would these conveniently be people who were on his side? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, these people are known as as the as the fathers of the lesser families. Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Um, Way to go down in history, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in the Senate, but you're in the lesser part of the yeah. Senate. Don't you be getting above yourself? <laughs> yeah, this is typically read across the board as an admission that the Senate ultimately didn't really approve of Tarquinius's election. He's elected by the people, not the Senate. Yeah. Um, but he does still have this group of people now in the Senate who are all like, woo! 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 <laughs> Every time he says something. <laughs> I'm a yes man. Exactly. For Tarquinius. Yes. Yeah, so he, he goes about this sort of process, allows him to sort of uh, remove senatorial opposition by just sort of quelling the numbers a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just stacking, stacking yeah. things in his head, yeah, basically. Yeah. Flood, yeah. flood some new men in there. Very convenient. Very smart. Yes. I like this guy. He's, he's, a, good... ah, he's a savvy political he operator. Is, really Look is. at him go. <laughs> and uh, he's also warlike. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, in the tradition of Roman kingship, well, cool. perhaps unsurprising, he decides it's time to go to war. Yeah. <laughs> Against the Latins. Ah, the Latins. <laughs> yes. Very exciting. Yes. Um, and you know that things uh, are either not important or uncontroversial from a Roman historian's perspective when Livy doesn't give you any details about the battle. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much Smackdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goes to war against the Latins. Victory. Yeah. Sweet as. Not only that. He gets even more booty than expected, apparently. <laughs> so much so that he's like, you know what? Maybe we should set up some games. In fact, let's have an area. Maybe we'll call it Circus Maximus, perhaps. Something, yeah. something, something We're like... starting to see the growth of the city in various ways. Yes. Uh, the institution of games uh, that will now be annual, apparently. Yeah. And apparently, while he's establishing this new grounds for games 
in the Circus Maximus. He also decides that some people are going to sit there, some people are going to sit there. <laughs> and when I say some people, I mean like the senators sit there and the knights sit there. La la la. We're going to divide this <laughs> society. It's all about the details. You <laughs> yeah. know. It's one thing to have a Circus Maximus, but where are we going to sit? Exactly. Guys? Yes. Detail. Find yeah, out for detail. Yeah. Mark of a good king. <laughs> he gets involved in some building works as well yes, during this apparently period. Apparently, he did. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, why, why, thank you. Oh, yes. no, feel free to jump in. Uh, he does allocate, he sort of divides up the forum into sections and mm. basically allots them to private citizens and says, it's your responsibility to do it up. Yeah. <laughs> Again, clever. Civic responsibility, the yeah. duty of all good citizens. <laughs> uh, and he also covers walkways. Nice. Uh, well, the hot Roman sun. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, the marshy, marshy rainy weather. Yeah. Mm. I like it. And apparently he also started building a stone wall to go around the city, but perhaps did not quite finish it. Yeah, there was a slight interruption to the wall building around the city. It was damn Sabines again. Yeah. It's always the same people. Well, I mean, they've got a big chip on their shoulder, let's face it. Yeah, so the um, Romans are apparently somewhat taken aback by this attack by the Sabines. Oh, yeah. yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Why would they attack we us? We never did anything to them. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, but the Sabines managed to surprise them. They crossed the Anio, which is one of the major tributaries of the Tiber, mm. before Rome is able to mobilize their own forces. Yeah. And everybody in Rome just goes into panic mode. Yeah. Like, oh, but we're... they don't apparently win, you know, this amazing victory or anything, even though the Romans weren't prepared. Yeah, yeah. The first battle is indecisive. Yeah. Um, the Sabines retreat and the Romans are sort of like, okay, let's bunker down and get organized here. Yeah. Let's get some cavalry. <laughs> yeah. Tarquinius has this grand idea that what he really needs is cavalry. That will win the day. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> and he's got this other idea about what would be nice is if he could add some, uh, centuries, uh, mm. to the ones that were created by Romulus. Nice. So, and these are the sorts of details that, you know, pop up every now and then. Yeah. Ro- Romulus apparently has created some centuries yeah um so this and is... this guy decides let's double those yeah <laughs> which is interesting because the numbers don't make any sense if we think don't think about century as equaling 100 because it really doesn't no um it, it equals in some cases 80 and in other cases 300 and it really depends on which centuries we're talking about but Re- livy rarely clarifies which yeah ones so we're it's really hard for us to keep track too so the numbers are a little people. bit yeah we're not numbers people. do i look like a mathematician <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes all we need to know right now is that they were doubled <laughs> <laughs> well importantly so so tarquinius is like yeah i'd like to have some more centuries yeah and this is important and he wants to distinguish these centuries mm. with his name sure. in various ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, this runs uh, aground with the religious folk. Um, we have Navius, Attis Navius, one okay. of the augurs, right, yeah. comes out and says, Oh no, there can be no changes to the centuries unless we get the appropriate signals from the birds. Ah, uh, yes. And this doesn't entirely go off without a hitch either, <laughs> does it? <laughs> So Tarquinius Tarquinius is like, I could wait patiently for the right bird signals, or... (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. (laughs) Well, no, but this is a really exciting moment in oral history, and this is one of the moments in the narrative of Livy for which Tarquinius is relatively famous, because uh, he gets a bit antsy about this stuff. Yeah. Um, So he was like, he goes to the auger, he was like, all right, Let's do a bit of a test of augury, shall we? Yeah. And he's like, what am I thinking can come to pass? Tell me tell me what I'm thinking. Like, can you guess? <laughs> and, you know, and and so Addis 
the auger takes the auspices, so he basically kills a bird, has a look at the entrails. Oh, yummy. Um, I'm a vegetarian. And, and he says, <laughs> what you're thinking will surely come to pass. Mm. To which Tarquinius very cleverly replies, well, I don't think so, because what I was thinking <laughs> of was that you should cleave a whetstone with a razor. <laughs> I want you to chop that rock over there, that particularly hard rock, with a razor. Nice. Nice, in nice. half please nice. um, and he's like take them and accomplish what your birds declare is possible <laughs> I dare you and you can see Tarquinius is like smirking in the background going I've, too I've broken augury <laughs> I'm so gonna have those sentries no longer should I have to bother with these <laughs> worrisome birds yeah forget bird signals guys yeah. I've got this covered um, unfortunately for Tarquinius um, and for the confirmation of the importance of augury in Roman history. Yeah. Um, the, die out. <laughs> well, the augur doesn't even hesitate. He goes up to the whetstone and cuts it in two with a razor, just like that. Well, I have no questions. <laughs> that, my friends, is the power of augury. <laughs> and that might be why there are still augurs so many centuries later. <laughs> oh, well, this, is, this becomes hugely important. This is yeah. like a founding sort of moment yeah. for... Because augury itself is associated far more with the Etruscans than it is with the Romans. Sure. So Which is weird that it's like an Etruscan king that's calling it, you know, going, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Prove to me your special powers, Mr. <laughs> yeah. But he's become a Roman now, so, yeah, true. you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but this is important because this establishes the, the validity of augury as yes. a way of um, interpreting signs and approving certain actions and behaviors yeah absolutely because i mean i have to admit as a kid i think from movies i always got this idea <laughs> that romans were somewhat irreligious no really not. they're actually super super religious yeah and like quite superstitious yeah. Yeah, yeah madly yeah yeah Superstition. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 anyway, yeah we're going down the wonder path i'm sorry return to the war with the sabers <laughs> Well, importantly, um, taking the auspices, yes. um, looking this aspect of augury, which is reading the entrails, yeah. uh, <laughs> as you do, yeah. um, becomes uh, part of standard practice from this point onwards sure. yeah. for all things to do with uh, popular assemblies, yes. mustering the army. So anytime you, you want to have a big gathering, you've got to take the auspices I like first. the way he describes it. Acts of supreme importance. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes forward if the birds do not consent. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All of this is taking place in that interim period where the Sabines have retreated to think about what's going on. <laughs> and the Romans are like, let's get our stuff together for this war. Let's get the birds. Yeah. <laughs> now we've solved this bird issue. Back to the war. <laughs> exactly. Second battle with the Sabines. Yes. Yeah. So they've got, you know, this slightly larger army now. Excellent. Uh, well, they've got some cavalry. They haven't agreed that they'll add extra sentries. They're just going to double the sentries that they already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we yeah. talked about this. Yes, indeed. And now they've got some. They've got some horses in there. Yes, and so <laughs> apparently the Romans sneakily set a fire to a bridge. <laughs> yeah, they have this moment where so like the Sabines have crossed the Anio. So yeah. to do that, they had to cross a bridge. Sure. The Romans are like, I wonder how we can get rid of that bridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, it's made of wood. What does wood do? but this is one of those moments in the narrative where you're like really because the way that Livy describes it Mm. the Romans light a whole bunch of wood and throw it in the river yeah and the wood then floats down while on fire exactly and And then then it catches on fire and then hits the bridge and catches the bridge on fire and I think to myself but what about all the wetness of the river yeah you know water (laughs) putting out fire yes Yes. Um, but you know I, I guess if you'd constructed if you'd formed a sort of raft and 
lit that and that that could maybe do the job. it does seem quite there would risky. Be, there <laughs> would be ways to do this, but it doesn't seem like a surefire bet. So it's no. interesting that this is uh-huh. the Roman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. yeah but the I do it anyway. It's I risky. Thought, I thought the same thing, it. but nonetheless, it leads to Roman triumph. Yeah, well, the Sabines are routed on land in the second battle and don't have any way to properly retreat. Yeah, and so Tarquinius takes that advantage and just really beats him into the ground. With his cavalry. Yeah, to the point where (laughs) they go, please, surrender. And so it's it's all over. And after this, the Romans get the territory of Croatia, which will become significant in a later episode, people. Dun, dun, dun. Hold on to that. Information, Croatia. And so after the war, Taquinius has a triumph. As you do. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. It's all happy um, with his victory. That's <laughs> <laughs> a triumph. It's very nice. Um, and then, guess what? War. It's time for more war. Get out. I would never expect that. Not a million years. You surprise me constantly. Uh, <laughs> I know. Being a king is tough. Yeah. But this time, it is with the Latins again. Yeah. 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 Did the old stitchery. Well, now we've dealt with the Sabines. Let's get back to that other war yeah. we were fighting. And I like the way that Livy, uh, again, I love, you've got to love Livy for the way he describes things, I think. Um, it's not that there's necessarily a big set-piece battle mm. in this particular war, <laughs> but apparently Tarquinius led his army from one town to another until he had subdued the entire Latin race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Livy basically just gives a list of all of the cities. Yeah. Um, and you wonder how formidable the ancient Latins were before. I mean, they were offering some resistance up until this point, but clearly it's the cavalry that's done the trick, I think. Ah, I think the that's, the, that's yeah. the subtle implied hint <laughs> here. the cavalry. Now you have Making the cavalry. For a horse. Yeah. Nobody can resist us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that sounds pretty goddamn impressive. I yeah, must say. yeah. I mean, yeah, the army sweeps through a whole bunch of places. I I could give you the names. Ooh. Okay. Horniculium, mm. Ficuliae, okay. Vetus, Cimmeria, Crostumerium. Loving it. That's my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> Ameriola, okay. Medallia, ah. and Normentium. Get out! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you would think they would have held out for longer. I would have thought so. I know so much about that place. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Latins are like, yeah, let's have some peace. Yeah. And Tarquinius, after all this is over, apparently kind of agrees with them. He decides, I've seen a lot of bad things in this world and I'm (laughs) somewhat tired of war. I'm going to devote myself to peaceful undertakings. Also, my wall construction has been interrupted and I'd like to get back to that project. Yes, that stone wall around the city is mocking me (laughs) with its incompleteness. Yes, I've laid like one brick so far. It's very annoying. Yes. Um... So he goes back, uh, decides to engage in more peaceful activities, yep. becomes a bit sort of uh, entrepreneurial with his building works. Yeah, well, presumably, presumably, he would have had some more booty after all well, this yes. conflict, maybe. Well, one would hope so. One so maybe he's so. got some money to slush around, build uh, a new wall. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about draining. I was like, slash, draining. <laughs> well, I, I was just about to do that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also built sewers around the lowest parts of the city, the Forum, and the valleys between the hills. It excites me deeply. It's pretty important. It is. Rome yeah. actually floods almost all the time. Well, you know what? Pretty sewage, regularly. I, I have to admit, I don't think I'd like to live in a city without sewage. 
I'm, I'm on board with sewers. <laughs> <laughs> the Romans are uh, with you. With yeah, 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 hygiene. You know. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking open sewers, so you, well, probably, yeah, you might not still. be super excited, but better than yeah. no sewers at all. Exactly, yeah. Like flooding, disease, yeah. marshiness. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah. malaria. Yeah, mm. exactly. I'd rather my city be malaria-free. <laughs> <laughs> Importantly, uh, just to give it a little slightly religious bent. Ah, um, are you going towards the king of the gods? <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> you've preempted me. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. We know where this is going. Yes. Uh, he lays the foundations for the temple, temple of Jupiter on the Capitol. So Capitoline Jupiter, yeah, uh, very important. Becomes hugely important uh, as we progress through Roman history from yeah. the founding of the city. <laughs> uh, but this is a temple that he owes the gods because he vowed to build it during the Sabine War. Yes. yes. Yeah, so it's kind of like fulfilling his vow because you don't want to make the gods angry. <laughs> yes, if you say you're going to do something for the gods, you really do have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. Now, there has been some interesting developments uh, going on in the king's old in household, I believe. Yeah, well, he's been away for a while. And yeah. Yeah, but yes, I think we should switch to a, a more uh, domestic focus. Yes, because uh, in the household of Tarquinius... There apparently had been a boy. A boy named Servius Tullius. Auspicious? Or, or Servius. Servius. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like I'm a fad when I say that, so I'm not going to. <laughs> mm. Yes, and he apparently was living in the house of the king. And while he was there, his head apparently just burst on fire one day while he was taking a nap. Yeah, yeah. you know, as you do. Thanks indeed. Um, spontaneous combustion. Yes. And uh, a lot of people saw this. It wasn't just him. <laughs> wasn't like it turns out there were a bunch of people watching him nap. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. This random boy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't like he woke up and went, hmm, feeling rather warm. Mm. Other people noticed it. And then he woke up and it went away. Yeah, and he's yeah. not damaged by this at no. all. So, of course. Is... Oh, this is a sign. Yes. Uh, the Queen, who... If you, uh, if you are a keen listener and you listen to our previous episode, you'll know that the Queen of Tarquinius is rather up uh, on the ball with the prophecies and the auguries. And <laughs> she's quite interested in all of that stuff. She and is. she's got a bit of a knack for it. Yeah. So um, um, while the flame are, flames are still present around the head of Servius Tullius sure. napping, yeah. um, some of the servants rush off to get some water yeah. uh, to put the fire out. Yeah. As you, that seems like a reasonable thing. I would say, um, yeah. She doesn't let them do that. No. She's like, no, no. This don't is a know. sign. A sign <laughs> that one day this child shall protect the royal house in a time of trouble. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think she said it quite like that. No, but... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she did either. No, perhaps not. Um, but I wanted it to sound... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, Tanaquil is sort of like, she grabs Tarquinius and she's like, look, I think this is an important sign. Yes. Um, I think this is, he's going to be a light for us in trouble and perplexity. Yes. A protection for our house. Therefore, let's keep this boy close to us. Yes. And let us treat him as a son. Let's take good care of him. <laughs> Indeed. Let us educate him mm. as a great man. As, as if he were our own boy. Exactly, yes. Mm. And it's lucky that they did, because it turns out, apparently, young Servius is quite naturally gifted with a royal nature. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he turns out to be a really good kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, got, the, he's got the knack for it. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, Tarquinius sort of, like, really gets on board with this. He's like, look, I love this kid, like he's my own son. Yep. And he sort of, he, to the point where he actually betroths 
service to his own daughter, his natural-born daughter. Ooh, a sign. Mm, <laughs> marry him into the family. Indeed. He's a yes. good sort. I yeah. like him. Yes, indeed. Um, there are some people who are not too happy about the advancement of young Servius, however. Well, and probably this is to do with the fact that in some people's eyes, he's actually just a slave. Yes, well, this is the thing. His name, Servius, ah, is it just a clever name? Ah. 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 Yeah. Now, many historians I have read have pointed out that just because his name is Servius does Does not mean mean he's he's a a slave. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There's an extra letter in there. It's important. Yeah. Could mean that. Could. 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 Uh, But not necessarily. For example, later on, there is an emperor called Galba who also has that praenomen. He was definitely not a slave. Yeah, but names and slippage and meaning change over time. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm just saying, not everyone who had that name (laughs) was a slave. So there's a lot of debate about was he from slave stock, was he not? We might get into Mm. that in more detail in our next episode when we're actually looking at... Ooh, oh, gave it away. Ah, Servius himself. (laughs) What? I know, I just dropped that bombshell like it was nothing. (gasps) I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I'm devastated. Yeah. I can't even talk right now. I know. I'm sorry. But, anyway, backing track, backing track, or track backing, whatever. (laughs) Basically, he possibly is not from distinguished stock, and he certainly is not, strictly speaking, part of the royal house. No, not strictly speaking. No. Uh, And so, there are some men around. There there are a couple of gentlemen around. Yes. You may recall, there are a couple of leftover sons of Ancus Marcius. Those boys that were sent off on that hunting trip. Yeah, it turns uh, out they When they were... could have been at the Committee lobbying, <laughs> for, the, lobbying yeah. for their own kingship. Yeah. Uh, turns out they weren't actually all that happy with the way things had turned out. Well, they've been around the whole time in yeah. the background and maybe keeping a bit of a low profile, but also under the assumption that yeah. at the end of Tarquinius's reign... You kind of revert it, back to them. Yeah. They will get their chance. Yes. And they're like, yeah, well, maybe we are a bit young, you know were waited out cool, but cool. it becomes yeah. clear from the privileging of Servius in Tarquinius's household yeah. and the marriage to the daughter that, that maybe it's not going to happen maybe yeah. and the kingly disposition thing that's been thrown around sure. Servius's group. that would just really yeah. rile you up this <laughs> is a man with the right stuff and they're like this is this is not, not cool. the way we want this to play out. Not again. No, no, no. <laughs> no. We've already been gypped once. Yeah. And we've been patiently waiting. Yeah. No, we don't wait a second time. And so they, they form a plan. A plan. <laughs> As you do. But they're not going to do it themselves. No. No, that, no. Would... that would be ridiculous. Yeah. So instead, <laughs> they look around and think, those young shepherds over there seem desperate. <laughs> Why don't we hire them to carry out our evil plan? <laughs> you wouldn't want to get your own hands dirty because let's face it, if the king is decided through the committee yeah. and a voting process and is endorsed by the Senate, really having the blood on your own hands yeah, it's not gonna look good. is going to be a problem. Kind of, I think, would disqualify you. Yeah. yeah, so they hire two shepherds. They're like, dudes, like, this is the deal. Yeah. Um, the shepherds are, are sort of poor enough and desperate enough that they say yes to the plan. Yeah. And so basically they show up at the king's residence. And they, they get start... In, they get into some, to a fight with each other. <laughs> and they start saying, we need the king here to sort this out. Someone get the king. <laughs> Us shepherds can't solve this for ourselves. Yes, exactly. Um, so they put on a good show, draw yeah. the attention uh, outside the palace. Yep. Are uh, let into the palace. Yep. Uh, and the king, <laughs> randomly enough, 
does show up. Well, the king is there. Yeah. They, they they appeal for the king. Yeah. Um, they argue a lot in front of the king. Yeah. Uh, the lictors of the king end up restraining the shepherds at certain points. So it's getting it's getting physical. Rather heated. Yeah, yes. very yeah. heated. Um, and while the king is sort of listening to one person, or one shepherd, sorry. Yeah, Tarquinius is like, like, settle guys, yeah. I'll listen to one side at a time. Yeah. You, shepherd number one, tell me your side of the yeah. story. Yeah. Um, and while he's going, the other one sneakily takes out an axe. <laughs> and, and hits him, hits him in the head. <laughs> yeah. With an axe. Yeah. Uh, so we Rome. Were, yeah. We were thinking we might pause there. <laughs> I'm guessing you probably know where this is going, but nonetheless, but you never wait, know. But wait, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you don't know where this is going, guys. This is a suspenseful moment. No, um, you have no idea. Yeah. None. Exactly. A blow to the head with an axe could mean anything. Exactly. Yeah. There are no guarantees. This is a cliffhanger. Yeah. We will leave it there. Tarquinius okay. has an axe in his head. Yep. You can imagine Shepherds that for arguing. yourself. Yep. Shepherds are arguing. Yep. Um, there are evil plans. <laughs> there are some people in the background who are playing with the strings of those shepherds. Exactly. And a man of the royal nature wandering around with his head on fire. Yes. While he sleeps. Yes. What could it all mean? Ooh, we'll join us next time. We'll find out the answers (laughs) in our very next episode.